the city of Providencialis. Here is tonight's Nations Report with Zoya Fessler. It's Tuesday, March 28, 2023. March is almost over, just a few more days left. Let's take a look at what's coming up today. Mentorship programs held across the TCI. Newport Health Unit created. American couple kidnapped in Haiti. Famous Jamaican beer producer to increase operations. Disney to cut 7,000 jobs. Cell phones replaced in a shipping container with sandbags. We have the latest in sports and your weather forecast. Join me for those stories and more. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all are having a wonderful day. I am Soya Fassler. Let's take a look at the news. The Turks and Caicos Islands is known for tourism being our bread and butter, welcoming visitors at our ports from all over the world by both air and sea. There are two major ports of entry, the International Airport in Providenciales and the Carnival Cruise Center in Grand Turk. Our active ports make the TCI susceptible to the introduction of infectious diseases. The emergence of COVID-19 has highlighted the need for increased surveillance for early detection of diseases to inform public health actions to prevent outbreaks. The Environmental Health Department within the Ministry of Health and Human Services officially established the Port Health Unit on August 4, 2022. As part of a prevention and control initiative, their main objective is to reduce the risk of entry of infectious diseases into the country and support the implementation of the international health regulations. As the unit continues to grow and develop, the department is instituting key technical port health training to support the officers in their roles, ensuring they are fully equipped to carry out their duties. Training will be conducted in collaboration with the Pan American Health Organization, Bahamas and Turks and Caicos office. The department would like to take the opportunity to formally introduce the public to the teams making up this unit. In Providenciales, the Port Health Coordinator, Clavisha Outen, and Port Officers Darlene Lightborn, Hattie Hanfield, Gladstone Malcolm, Romello Delancey, Tanel Garland, and Rashawn John. And in Grand Turk, Port Health Officers Christopher Swan, Gabrielle Roberts, Kamazia Williams, Omar Garland, and Rochelle Van Alstein Nunez. These officers will be tasked with inspecting and monitoring ports while enforcing public health legislation in order to protect the health of the Turks and Caicos Islands. And as mentioned by our Minister of Health on Friday morning, the Honorable Sean Malcolm, the Turks and Caicos Islands announced an update to its public and environmental health arriving passengers travel clearance regulations, which will no longer mandate travelers to submit proof of vaccination against COVID-19 before arriving in the destination. The vaccination lift will go into effect on April 1, 2023 and is the result of a rapid decrease in COVID-19 cases and zero new COVID-19 related deaths in recent months. Whilst the vaccine mandate has been lifted, the Port Health Unit, however, will still monitor our ports of entry to reduce the number of infectious diseases coming in to the country. Now, the Department of Social Development and Welfare hosted its annual mentorship workshop programs on Grand Turk and North Caicos on both February 23rd and 24th, respectively, at the H.J. Robinson High School for the Boys and at February 28th, the Salem Baptist Church Fellowship Hall for the Girls. 
North Caicos, the Lady and Me workshop was held on the 17th of February. Both programs targeted at-risk adolescents between the ages of 12 and 17 years old. The themes for My Brother's Keeper program was Walking with Purpose, and for The Lady and Me, the theme was You Are Royal. On North Caicos, The Lady and Me workshop was held under the theme Taking Control of the Power to Say No. The main objective for the workshop stemmed from childhood and adolescence years being critical periods of growth and development and the need to impact positive values, morals, and thought processes in our young people. Therefore, it was pertinent that a lot of focus be placed on promoting healthy physical, mental, emotional, and behavioral well-being. By examining the adolescent's values, competencies, belief systems, inner feelings, motivations, critical thinking, and communication skills, they can build their self-awareness and interpersonal relationships to strengthen their self-esteem. Participants became more self-aware to create a sense of pride and enhance self-respect, self-worth, and self-esteem as they mature and improve both personally and professionally. Public figure influencers were chosen to educate and enforce these important development areas within our adolescents. We spoke with a few of the influencers on the program. First of all, it built that relationship with the kids. It gave the community, the kids, parents, that opportunity to be able to sit, listen, talk to each other, build that rapport. As we know, the kids are, our, are the future of the Church and Caicos. So let's continue to be there for them, listen to them. They listen to us, make sure they're doing the right thing. And it's all a part of community engagement where we continue to save this beautiful by nature, Turks and Caicos Islands. It is indeed um, important for us to have these conversations with our young men, especially in our school. And when it comes to saving a generation, um, programs of this nature indeed helps with self-esteem, self-development, and also um, steering them on the right path, especially um, seeing that our students are faced with so many difficulties, so many struggles in this time and in this season. So the uh, My Brother's Keeper initiative um, actually was a success, and I was glad that I was a part of it. And thanks to social um, development, for inviting me so I can be able to, you know, share with them uh, my experiences and how they can learn from things that I've been through and to better themselves so that they can be productive citizens of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Programs like My Brother's Keepers initiative is very important because when you look at society, a lot of these young men come from single parent households and environments where they aren't exposed to a lot of positive male figures. And so when you are able to get them inside a room and, and show them that, listen, I once was on your path, but this is the right way to go about it. This is the right way to conduct yourself. It reaches some of them, not all, but some of them. And and those 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 percentage that you reach through these programs, those are there. Those are our next businessmen, our next politicians, our next leaders, our next scientists, our next mathematicians. Like the, the, the possibilities are endless for these for these young men. So it's important to get them on the right path, to keep them on the right path. And programs like these like this one helps young men to stay focused and stay on the right 
right path and it and it must continue it must be it must continue because when you look at the prison the prison population and the percentage of of men that make up the prison population is large they lead the way by by a landslide and so we have to we have to impact those numbers we have to lessen those numbers and one of the ways you do that is through mentorship and, and, and initiatives like this and so I, I I applaud the Department of Social Development for putting on these initiatives and these programs and I and I also want to encourage um, the public to engage social development and, and volunteer your mentorship because it saves it saves young men and it saves and it saves our community as I said earlier a large percentage of of the prison population is men and so by by participating participating in these programs you are helping to keep these men on the right path and out of prison a total of 50 adolescent girls and 15 adolescent boys were impacted. The Lady and Me workshop in Providencialis is set to be held on the 26th and 27th of April at the Gustavus Sports Complex. A total of 100 girls is intended to be impacted. UNICEF is partnering with the Turks and Caicos Islands and will be sponsoring this program. And this Friday, March 31st, 2023, we will see the closure of the crawfish lobster season. The Department of Fisheries and Marine Resources Management is reminding the public that the 2022-2023 crawfish lobster season will be closed as of Friday, March 31st, 2023, until July 31st, 2023, in accordance with the Fisheries Protection Ordinance Regulations 12-1, which states the closed season in relation to crawfish shall be the period from the first day of April to the 31st day of July inclusive in each year or such other dates as may from time to time be appointed by the governor in the Gazette. During the closed season, any person who fishes for, purchases, or is in possession of lobster will be committing an offense that is punishable by fine of $5,000 or six months imprisonment or both. The department is urging all fishers, restaurant owners, private residents, and plant owners to ensure that no lobster remains in their possession as of Saturday, April 1, 2023, until July 31st this year. That's it for Local, Regional is next. From the news desk of the Associated Press, Nikisi Toussaint was at church, so she did not see the text message from her sister. All she knew at that point was that their brother and his wife, who live in the United States, had safely landed in Haiti to visit ailing relatives and prepare for Rara, a colorful and boisterous festival born out of the dark days of slavery. It wasn't until Toussaint got home and her sister followed up the unread text with a phone call that she learned her warnings had materialized. Their brother, an accountant, his wife, a social worker, and another person were snatched off a public bus amid a surge in gang-related kidnappings in the country. 
17 years earlier, gangs had kidnapped two of her cousins in the capital of Port-au-Prince. They were eventually released, but remain traumatized to this day. This time, the gang that kidnapped her brother, his wife, and another person is demanding $200,000 each. The kidnapping occurred March 18th, and since then, her brother, Jean Dickens Toussaint, has been allowed to make only two brief phone calls. All his family knows is that he and his wife, Abigail, are tied up. The phone calls are too brief to find out if they are even being given food or water or treated generally well. The couple were on their way to Jean Dickens Toussaint's hometown of Leogan, which many Haitians believe organizes the country's best Rara festival. Three pandemic years had gone by since he last led a Rara band through those streets, and the 33-year-old accountant was excited to resume his role as what they call a colonel. Rara is similar to a carnival with drums, bamboo instruments, and metal horns accompanying singers as they parade through the town behind band leaders like Toussaint in a homage to the slavery revolution that led Haiti to become the world's first black republic. But that celebration was cut short. The two saints who are from Tamarack, Florida, never made it to Leogan. Gangs stopped the public bus they were on as it tried to cross Martisan, considered ground zero for ongoing violence that was worsened since the July 2021 assassination of President Jovenel Moise. The gangs apparently noticed the suitcases in the bus and zeroed in on the couple and the person accompanying them on the trip. The family paid someone they trusted $6,000 to give to the gang, but the money vanished. It's not unusual for gangs in Haiti to refuse to release kidnapping victims even after they've been paid, but Toussaint believes it was a scam. Toussaint said her family is in touch with the FBI, who is helping with the case. The kidnappings are the latest to target U.S. citizens, although most victims are Haitian, ranging from wealthy business owners to humble street vendors. At least 101 kidnappings were reported in the first two weeks of March alone, with another 208 people killed in gang clashes during that period, according to the United Nations. The ongoing violence in Port-au-Prince and beyond also has displaced at least 160,000 people as warring gangs set fire to neighborhoods in their bid to control more territory. More than a week has gone by since the two saints were kidnapped and their family is trying to stay strong because the couple has a son who turns two years old today. And famous Jamaican beer, Red Stripe, will launch its $2.2 billion seller's expansion for beer production today, March 28th. The project represents a significant investment in modernizing the brewing operations, satisfying growing demand and expanding Jamaica's manufacturing industry. The expansion will increase beer production by 34%, improve operational sustainability, boost efficiency, safety and mitigate hygiene risks. The investment will also strengthen the local supply chain, creating both direct and indirect economic opportunities. Along with successfully replacing and extending the seller's capacity, the new plant configuration project involves the installation of outdoor tanks that will remove the presence of CO2 and ammonia in the enclosed areas. To achieve a successful project completion, the company has partnered with several local suppliers to support the installation of tanks and piping systems, upgrade automation systems, pilot civil engineering and demolition, among with other tasks. 
This expansion is our way of confirming Red Stripe's continued confidence in the local business landscape. Red Stripe has stood as a symbol of Jamaican excellence for over a hundred years, and this move to further improve operations is evidence of what a Jamaican company fueled by Jamaican pride can really accomplish. That wraps up regional news. World News is up next. Disney CEO Bob Iger on Monday announced the company will begin laying off staff starting this week, the first of three rounds of expected cuts following his announcement in February that the company would axe 7,000 jobs. The cuts to Disney's global workforce are part of a multi-billion dollar cost-cutting initiative aimed at streamlining the company's operations in a period of media industry turmoil. In a memo to staff that was obtained by CNN News Network, Iger said the layoffs would come in three waves. The first round will begin this week and managers will soon start to notify affected employees. A second, larger round of layoffs will take place in April with several thousand staffers let go. A third round of layoffs will then occur before the beginning of the summer to reach the company's planned goal of eliminating 7,000 jobs. Disney had about 220,000 workers as of October 1st, of which approximately 166,000 were employed in the United States. A cut of 7,000 jobs represents about 3% of its global workforce. The layoffs follow Iger's return to Disney in November after the company's board fired Bob Chapek as its leader. And on Local 10 News out of Florida, last Monday, a cargo container from South Florida arrived in Columbia. It was supposed to be full of cell phones. Instead, it was full of sandbags. That led to a Miami-Dade police investigation and led detectives to arrest a cargo handler working out of a company based at the Miami International Airport. 37-year-old Eduardo Miguel Rivera Paz of Miramar is accused of committing the crime. He faced three grand theft charges. According to a Miami-Dade Police Department arrest report, a corporate security official at DHL Express reported the theft to police Friday after the sandbag-filled container arrived in Bogota, Colombia. Roughly $1.2 million worth of Samsung cell phones were gone. According to authorities, a review of surveillance video led police to zero in on Rivera Paz, identified in the police report as a third-party supervisor at the DHL facility employed by Worldwide Flight Services. Officers returned to the DHL Express facility Sunday morning and arrested Rivera Paz. He was being held in the Turner-Guilford Knight Correctional Center on a $300,000 bond. The Cuban national was also being held on a warrant case. That's it for World News Sports is up next.
Bohemian national Buddy Heald has been fined by the U.S. National Basketball Association for making an obscene gesture during a recent match. Joe Dumars, executive vice president, head of basketball operations, announced that the Indiana Pacers guard was fined $25,000 U.S. after he was recorded sticking up his middle finger. The NBA said the incident occurred with 11 minutes 30 seconds remaining in the second quarter of the Pacers' 115-109 loss to the Charlotte Hornets on March 20th at the Spectrum Center. And keeping with the NBA, Luke Kennard made a franchise record 10 three-pointers to match his career high with 30 points. Desmond Bain added 25 points and the Memphis Grizzlies clinched a playoff spot after building a 31-point halftime lead and coasting to a 151-114 victory over the Houston Rockets on Friday night. Jay Morant scored 18 points and had 8 assists in his second game after serving an 8-game league-imposed suspension after he posted a video in which he is shown waving a gun at a Denver-area strip club. Jaron Jackson Jr. also scored 18 points and had 7 rebounds and 2 blocks for Memphis, which made a franchise-best 25 three-pointers and had the second-most points in team history. The Grizzlies won their 11th straight at home and moved within three games of the idle Denver Nuggets, which hold the top spot in the Western Conference. Tarai Eason had 21 points to lead Houston, while Kevin Porter Jr. and Jabari Smith Jr. each had 20 points. Jason Tatum scored 34 points, setting a franchise record with his 40th 30-point game this season as the Boston Celtics rolled past the Indiana Pacers 120-95. Tatum passed Hall of Famer Larry Bird, who had 39 30-point games during the 1987-1988 season. Jalen Brown added 27 points and 7 rebounds, and Derek White finished with 22 and 9 assists for the Celtics, who have won 4 of 5 and improved to 27-9 at home this season. Pacers All-Star point guard Tyrese Halliburton had 20 points, 9 assists, and 6 rebounds in his first game back from a 6-game absence with a combination of a bruised left knee and sprained right ankle. Miles Turner added 20 points and 6 rebounds. Anthony Davis had 37 points and 14 rebounds, Dennis Schroeder added 13 of his 21 points in the second half, and the Los Angeles Lakers got a vital victory for their playoff hopes against the Oklahoma City Thunder, 116-111. Lonnie Walker scored 20 points in an impressive return to the rotation for the Lakers, who have won three straight to move even with the Minnesota Timberwolves in seventh place in the Western Conference standings. Shai Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy scored 27 points apiece for Oklahoma City, which lost for only the fourth time in 12 games down the stretch. Jordan Poole scored 33 points and swished a key three-pointer with 1 minute 18 seconds to play off a pretty pass by Draymond Green. Stephen Curry added 29 points and 8 rebounds as the Golden State Warriors rallied past Joel Embiid and Philadelphia 76ers 120-112. Joel Embiid checked back into the game with 8 minutes 26 seconds left and scored 13 straight on the way to 46 points, but the Warriors came back from 11 down for their ninth straight home win and one of the most important yet as they fight for playoff positioning. Embiid shot 13 for 23, made 19 of 22 free throws, had 9 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals. He helped Philadelphia take an 88-79 lead going into the fourth quarter.
and P.J. Washington Jr. scored 28 points and Gordon Hayward added 25 as undermanned Charlotte Hornets built a 21-point lead and held on to beat the Dallas Mavericks 117-109. Luka Doncic had 34 points and 10 rebounds to lead the Mavericks, who lost their third straight and for the sixth time in eight games. Kyrie Irving scored 18 points after missing one game with a toe injury. Both Irving and Doncic played together for the first time since March 8th. That was a look at sports with your NBA wrap-up. Weather is up next. Mostly sunny skies with a few clouds from time to time. Highs of 81 degrees and lows of 74. Winds are coming from the east-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Humidity levels are at 77% and a less than 10% chance of rain is expected. Folks, please remember the countdown for hurricane season is on. The Atlantic hurricane season is the period in a year from June through November when tropical cyclones form in the Atlantic Ocean. And we are only 66 days away. Start preparing. Let's be on the safe side. That was a look at your weather forecast. Recapping the news for today, mentorship programs held across the TCI, Newport Health Unit created, American couple kidnapped in Haiti, famous Jamaican beer producer to increase operations, Disney to cut 7,000 jobs, cell phones replaced in a shipping container with sandbags. Thank you all for tuning in once again. Pleasure to have you. If you missed today's presentation, you can always visit our website at www.rtc89fm. Com, or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store for the news or to listen to your favorite shows. Have a good evening. I am Soya Fassler. Join us again tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.